0: I imagine that the intelligent people are the ones so intelligent that they don't even need or want to look intelligent anymore. Hi, welcome to Movie Butts. This is uh, Arnie Joe. This is Dane. Uh, I just, uh, I just uh, read a quote about pretentiousness. I just filmed, I just felt that it was kind of mildly appropriate for today's episode. Um, how you doing, Dane? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, man. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm tired. I'm drinking tea instead of coffee. It's kind of... I, f- I feel really scabby right now just without having my caffeine. But um, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling even worse because of uh, a certain movie we watched. What movies did we watch this week, Dan? Um, we
1: watched Donnie Darko and Southland Tales, two films by Richard Kelly, the late great.
0: The late great. I think he's still alive. Sadly. Um, I think he, I think he probably wants to be more substantial and important than he is right now. Um, do you think you can kind of give, do, have you, have you looked into the history of this guy? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did. I couldn't help myself. He's, is an interesting dude for the,
0: for those, for the peeps that might not know who Richard Kelly is. Do you think you could give a rundown as to what, um, this, what this guy's go is?
1: Yeah. So Richard Kelly is like a fairly normal looking guy. Um, at 20, I think he was 26. Um, at 26, he made his first feature film, Donnie Darko, which is about, well, we'll get into that. Um, and it turned into a cult hit. And so then, uh, three years later, he made his second movie, which we'll get into that. Didn't go down so well. Uh, then he made another movie with Cameron Diaz, which is... Uh, I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, is a simpler thing. And he hasn't made a film for 10 years now. And he is, I guess, a, like a really pretentious guy, but he does seem pretty smart though but he just has absolutely no limitation on his imagination like he does he can't he does not have any boundaries on that shit um Mm. yeah he's just rambling weird cunt
0: so basically he makes a film that uh not a lot of people see at the cinema and it makes not much money but then on, I think it was DVD and VHS sales. It was like, it's one of the biggest sellers of all time. Yeah. So essentially five years later, the studios give him carte blanche and allow him to make whatever he wants. Yeah. And, um, that's that, that results in his second film, which is the other one that we're talking about Southland tales, but yeah. we should probably start at the beginning, um, with, uh, Donnie Darko. Um, What's, uh, what's the, what's the pot of Donnie Darko?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jesus. Okay. So from what I can understand, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a coming of age tale. Um, like it really does feel about like this, this kid, what it's like to, uh, be different and growing up in, um, like an upper middle class private school type family type town, um, but it's got like time travel and shit in it, and I really don't know what else to say, there's a fucking rabbit monster that, that, that shows up and, weird things start happening it's 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 not a very straight to the
0: point cut and dry movie i'll try and i'll try and give i'll try and give this a crack okay (laughs) so so what uh so donnie darko um via the help of magic maybe or science or something psycho weird um miraculously escapes dying by getting killed by a rogue um jet turbine And when that happens, he is told that the world will end in about, I think it's 20 days. Yeah, 28 days. the rest of the film takes place within the 28 days in which he knows are the last the world will have. And through those 28 days, he starts to go a bit crazy and starts doing some really weird stuff. He keeps seeing a giant bunny rabbit and all the lives of the people around him start to fall apart. Um... What? How does that sound? Does that sound pretty on the on the money? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did you? What do you? So, also, I think just for context, we had to decide which version of this film we we watched because there was the original theatrical cut um, where the studio forced him to make a movie that was under two hours, so a lot of things had to get removed however once this film became a runaway hit on dvd he was given a budget of i think about another three hundred thousand dollars to restore the film to the way he wanted it to be Mm -hmm. meaning i think an additional 20 something minutes worth of footage he changed music so basically there are a couple of sequences where there's new music in the film he throws a whole bunch of um overlay footage, like just eyeballs and waves and title cards. He, he, he really does, um, make the movie something else. And I, I know that it's a very, very, you know, uh, divisive thing as to whether or not people prefer the theatrical or the director's cut. Um, what did you think of, uh, Donnie Darko, the director's cut overall? Yeah, well, I haven't seen the, um, the
1: theatrical cut. Um, but I really liked this version. Um, all that stuff with the, the eyeballs and the, the, um, the, the, the overlays of the text from the, the, the the book from in the movie, The Philosophy of Time Travel. Uh, I think that helps to try to piece the narrative together, um, yeah, and I liked it, and it was also, um, different as well. I remember just every time that that these passages from this made-up book would, would, uh, would show up, I'd think, man, this is creative. I <laughs> like that he's just made this shit up, and he's, like, put this fucking, you know, passages from this book in there, and I could tell, like, he's trying to, you know, explain exactly what's going on, but... You
0: know, I, I, I think, still had a no fucking idea. You don't, you don't think that it's a bit on the nose? You don't think that maybe being a bit more vague makes it more interesting?
1: I think it was vague
0: enough, though. I,
1: I mean, I certainly wouldn't say that this film is a bit on the nose. Still incredibly ambiguous.
0: I think I think passages from a book explaining time travel in a movie where it could be about time travel or it could be about someone's mental state ongoing to be maybe a little Mm. bit obvious.
1: Well, that is one thing. And that might be where it comes down to people's different opinions is because throughout the first half of the film, I was wondering if this stuff was really happening or we were watching him um, develop some sort of schizophrenic disorder or whatever. Um, Yeah. And then that's thrown out the window at the introduction of the book for me because yeah. now there's this real physical thing that is explaining what's what's going on. So I was like, okay, so it, so it is really happening. And that potentially throws out uh, an entire reason someone's enjoying the film because that could be like the fun mystery of it. It's like, so is this shit really happening? And then halfway through, it's like, yeah.
0: I can tell you right now that that's the reason I liked the film to begin with so this yeah. was really weird watching this film because it was like seeing something that I quite liked something that was ambiguous something that was left up to interpretation and I don't know I like things being left up to interpretation sometimes yeah. you, you present me you present an audience with a couple of things that they can digest and that they can ponder yeah. and they can come to their own conclusions because that's what cinema is No, you the author isn't the author isn't right the author makes something, and then the audience decides. But when you take something that is that you make, that's I think enjoyed and ordered for being weird and being a bit different, and then you basically say, "Well, uh, this is what I meant. This is this is what you were meant to be thinking about the film." Um, I just found it kind of insulting, to be honest. Um, Do you
1: think that that? That he didn't maybe mean to have that happening in the first cut of the film. Because there'd be a lot of people watching it being like, Oh, it's really good. It says a lot about mental illness. And uh, also, you you never really know if he's actually crazy or it's really happening. And from his perspective, he's like, I never meant for you to think that at all. I was just trying to tell my kooky-ass science fiction time travel story.
0: Yeah, but then, but then, like you embrace that because because at, at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're appealing to a, a slightly wider audience. You get people talking about your film, you know. Like I, I'd I'd would rather make a film where um, someone is debating what some what I was trying to say, or what someone was trying to say, than something that's just some time travel story. Not nothing wrong with it being a time travel story. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I felt that a lot of the weirdness, a lot of the things that were making it really like it's it's a bit it's it's like a he's like a bit of a um a weird a weird fucking gen gen x lynch. Like that that's what I got from the first cut of the film it's a bit lynchy it's a bit weird it's a bit kooky yeah and and it, and it and it relies on interpretation rather than uh a set narrative but that 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 kind of got thrown out the door with the with the director's cut for me just yeah, those I, I think those the- those fucking book passages hmm. like again we're just setting it up too much for it to be about that and you know, I get, if that's your intention, man. Good, but I think you've just kind of shot yourself in the foot and revealed that you're a bit of a hack.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't know that anyone was seeing it that way, because he's a very literal guy. So I, I think I, I
0: think he I think he I think he could have. I think this is the dude that reads all of his own reviews. I think he's that guy. You uh, know,
1: right? Yeah, he, he would have. Yeah, yeah. No, fair so- enough. He would have probably known after the cut that a lot of people were reading it that way. I don't know. Maybe he even intended it in some part. But I think he wanted to tell this uh, very literal, very real sci-fi story. But it's not, though.
0: But it it
1: is um, because uh, I read um, an interview with him and then went through all the wiki for the Donnie Darko. And all the shit that happens in the movie has these incredibly detailed explanations of what is literally happening. None of it is metaphor. All of it is, uh, like the, the fucking, like, so it's set in a universe called a fuck. I forget what it's called, but it's set in like an alternate universe, which is meant to be this, um, like copied of the original universe that he's from. I right. forget what they call it in the film, but it's it's um it's like this impacted universe, which means things are a little fucked in there. That's caused from a duplicated object that shouldn't exist in that universe.
0: Which is the which <clears throat> is the 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 fucking jet engine, yeah.
1: Yeah, which is the jet engine, uh, and then there's all this shit about how that universe is going to collapse and he's a um a I forget what they even call him, but he's meant to be then given this power by these things, the manipulated dead, which is Frank. Mm. Um and also Greta as well, apparently. And and then there's the manipulated living, which is like his teacher and a few other people, and they're subconsciously helping him because they're all being moved around like pieces on a chessboard by this universal force that they don't understand. But
0: where is this explained in the film?
1: In those book passages.
0: Oh right, yeah. I just I just turn off when I saw them. They took me out of the film.
1: Yeah, because you're not watching the film he's making you're watching the other film that I think he's accidentally making, which is a, uh, like a poignant story about, uh, maybe like, you know, youth rebellion and adolescence coming of age. A bit,
0: a bit like, like, like a Lynch film, like, you know, darkness creeping into the suburbs sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. It just, it was like, it's like, could you imagine just like, watching a film and then just something else popping up and it's like, ah, what the, what the... And then you, you, you're just reminded that you're watching a film and that to me is a big no-no. Like, I don't like being reminded that I'm watching a film. I like to, you know, settle in and feel it. Mm. But then but then it's just like a fucking really shittily imposed crossfade to a book is appearing on my screen. Mm. When people are talking at times, there are, there are parts where there's scenes happening and the book appears and it's just like, huh? Like why? What? Yeah, because no, I no, got no. the
1: sense that he was very desperately trying to explain the laws of this thing that's happening. But he's just not very good at it and also it's too complicated. So so
0: so what you're saying is he left he left things up to the amount the, or he got forced to leave things out, which made something more left up to interpretation and that sort of thing. And then he gets, it gets kind of successful and he, he's probably resentful because it's not the film he intended to make. Mm. So, because he's, because it's become so successful, he now has the right to re edit it. And what he does is he puts in snippets of a book so he can go, I'm smart, I'm smart, <laughs> I'm smart, I'm smart, I'm smart. Is that what you're saying he did? No, no, no. I think he's more,
1: I think he's uh, more keen to, um, have these things explained. So when he had the opportunity to do the director's cut, he's like, Oh, excellent. Now I can put these things in there to try to explain the laws of this world, because I've been hearing some people are having problems. They think this is all meant to be a metaphor. No, it's very literal here. Let me explain it by putting an actual fucking book in the film. <laughs> for and you to and read. it sucks
0: and it sucks. Right. It's fucking, it's fucking, Oh, I don't know you, again, you seem to like it, but from my perspective, it's very, very wank, and like this guy, his his ego, he's he, he's I think he's I think he thinks he's Citizen Kane, like he's fucking Orson Welles, you know. Oh, people didn't see it at the cinema, but it's you know it's one of the greatest films of all time. So, you know, I I'm gonna my ego's gonna get inflated, and I'm gonna throw all this weird shit over the fucking over the screen you know like i I didn't have a problem with the eyes and the waves like that kind of felt a bit um weird and i like kooky you know what i mean like i those bits i couldn't remember if they weren't in the original which i think is kind of what you want from something like that right you don't want people to go oh was i don't remember that you kind of want people to just sit and watch the film am i right uh yeah yeah i don't know um yeah, I mean, I pre- didn't,
1: I didn't get that, I didn't get that at all. I mean, I feel like he would probably be someone who is quite frustrating to talk to because he would come across as pretentious. But I didn't because he is. I didn't read it as pretentious. Pretentious is trying to sh- like show off with your intelligence and you're yeah, pretending so what, you're more so intelligent what, so than what, you are.
0: So what he does is he throws book passages into his own film. Mm. to show you that what he was doing was smart. I don't think That's, that's pretentious. That could
1: be pretentious if you were a, a really dumb guy. I don't think he's a really dumb guy and just translates books equals smart. I think he that was the only oh, no, way. No, no, so you can,
0: can you can be you can be a very intelligent person and be pretentious. And it's and and it comes down to interpretation to the intelligent of others. In this case, an audience and to how you perceive what you present. So Christopher Nolan is, I I would have to argue, is a pretty intelligent guy, right? But he is so utterly pretentious, it's not funny. (laughs) You know, like all of his concepts are really pretty simple to understand, but he keeps talking about them and presenting them in his films in ways that I think he thinks are helping fucking plebs understand his film. But all but all he's doing is just fucking, like, spoon-feeding people that can fucking, you know, eat a souffle on their own.
1: Yeah, I definitely um, think Nolan is pretentious. It's just like, see, I, I align pretentiousness with smugness. And mm. this guy doesn't come across as smug to me. He comes across but, as, like, a very
0: weird nerd i think he's cripplingly insecure the first thing you said about this guy when you when when you were describing him is you're like he's just an average guy and i think he fucking hates that i think he's a very normal looking guy i think yeah i think he can't stand that so he's he's trying really hard almost too hard and like having like honest why what what for God's sake, like, you you need, you need, you feel the need to explain to your audience by re-editing the movie Mm. something that was already popular, something that was already successful in its own way. Yeah. What you, what you, what you meant. Because
1: he thinks that, um, the success of the film and why people enjoy it is due to the science uh, alluded to in it um rather than the tone or the performance. i think it's both
0: i think it's everything i think that there's um like within within some of the dialogue you understand some of the time travel stuff i think enough to get you by mm. particularly when he's talking to that guy you know the teacher yeah and then and then like there's all the kookiness because the character, a lot of the people don't act normal. Like, um, they, 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 they're a bit off and that adds to the, to the strangeness of it, you know, and Hmm. all these ingredients, I think make, make for a really interesting soup that, that could, could be, could be a couple of things, but, of course, you know, like if if you dig enough and you watch it enough times, his, his the the real fans will be like, no, it's time travel, you know, you you know, you you break it down, it's about this and this and this. Let people find the film. Yeah, let people find the film. And that's and that's I don't know. This no, is, I agree not... that
1: that would definitely be the smarter and more responsible thing to do.
0: The less insecure thing to do, I think.
1: Yeah, you know? but the it, it, that would be like if Dan Aykroyd thought that everybody liked Ghostbusters not for the comedy but for the science in it. Mm. And it's like, nah, that stuff is just there to give things a bit of context. But this totally, yeah, this film has a really. Um, uh, a really mysterious fun tone to it. Um mm. it, it yeah, it reminded me a lot of um David Lynch as well. I'm glad you brought that up cuz I mm. was thinking of Mulholland mm. Drive uh, a lot of yeah. the time I was watching yeah. it.
0: Um it, with this film, but more his the follow-up that we're going I think we're going to have to talk about soon, but he I can tell that he's a very big fan of one of my favorite authors. Have you heard of Philip K Dick? Yeah. I can like he just he just reeks of Philip K. Dick. No, like, he
1: loves he loves Philip K. Dick.
0: Like I I and honestly I think he's one of the only people on the planet that re- that read Philip K. Dick's *Exogenesis*, which is his fucking million page Bible <laughs> that he wrote which is just the ramblings of someone who's going insane from taking too many amphetamines. <laughs> I think the I think Richard Kelly read that and I don't know like he, I don't think he gets it, but that's more with Southland Tales. Um, what I, I should, I feel like I've just been shitting on a film that... Um, I'm shitting on... Uh, I just got to make clear, I'm shitting on the director's cut. Most of this film I fucking love. I love... Um, I don't even mind that he changed the music in certain bits. I find I like, I like in excess and Joy Division and stuff. Most of it is great. Like the performances, the kookiness, the cinematography... Um... Yeah, like I just gotta, I just gotta make clear, I do like this film, but all I can, all I remember, and all I was sitting thinking about before recording this was the fucking crap that he did to it. <laughs> um, that's all that was sitting in my brain. I for Dane, I, I really rec- I I need you to watch the original, and I, I I'd like, I think I'd like for us to have a quick conversation about it once you've seen the original later on. Just because I'd I'd like to see if that does affect your opinion of this.
1: Yeah, well, because I, I I can imagine how it would change. It would be mm. more like um, a Lynch film then, because he operates in a lot of metaphors. Yeah, and things aren't meant to be taken so literally.
0: Yeah. But you but like less with Lynch, but with this, that I think, you know, he, he's in a unique position where people still could take it literally, but you've got to let them do that themselves. You know, you've got to let people make these decisions and unpack. You've got it. You you can't, you can't throw up signs saying this is what you want. Then that, then that's just being shit. Mm. You know, um, you've got to let people unpack it and find what you, what you think their, you know
1: or- I, I read this um I read this interview that um, someone did with him um, well after Southland tales came out the, the interview is from 2013 mm. and he talks with him for ages and this guy uh, was is a, a fan of Southland tales Ugh. and um, yeah because it has a you know it's it has its own following and um, the whole time he's 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 talking to him he's asking these questions and realizes that he's getting let down every time kelly has a a literal answer to everything because that film has you know a lot of weird ambiguous shit in it Mm. and he realized in talking to him that that's why he liked it because of the, the the mystery around it and that's why he liked donnie darko as well because it it Comes with this feeling of uh, things being so mysterious and unexplained, and that so there are, are no you t- answers are to Are you things. telling
0: me that this guy who was interviewing him yeah. stopped being a fan because he realised that Richard Kelly's a hack?
1: No, he realised that Richard Kelly has <laughs> has literal answers to to everything. He's like, no, the reason that this thing is there is because of this incredibly. Well thought out little, he's a, he's a sci-fi guy.
0: So he's, so he's, no, but like, even if you're a sci-fi guy, you shouldn't need to, to say all this stuff. If I, if I, if I. No, yeah. No,
1: exactly. I think, I think an artist should keep their mouth shut.
0: One of my one of my your chance film- to
1: express yourself is in your work, and then you don't talk about it.
0: One of my favourite filmmakers is a guy named Robert Altman, and he said that in interviews, um, people would go, "Oh, um, in your in your film, ah, uh, that that there's red curtains in this scene, and um, do uh, do the what what does what why are they there?" and and Altman said. I don't know why. Why do you think they're there? And then mm. the fucking person would go, "Oh, I think it's because it's the red represents that they're in the the twilight of their life and they're gonna die soon and all this stuff." And Altman would go, "That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I meant. You know, like mm. you've just got to let you've just got to let people fucking, you know." Well, I
1: mean, especially if your shit's gonna be that ambiguous so, and you don't have and you you don't have a choice. But for it to be ambiguous because it's just been so fucking ambitious. Mm. Um, but, but you know, I do appreciate the fact that he. This is why I don't mind this dude. I can tell you, fucking can't stand him. <laughs> but it's like I. It's just it's nice. Like even if it's pretentious, um, even if it's like way too ambitious. Like like I said, he's got no. No, there's
0: no such thing as too ambitious.
1: Yeah, there is. He's. You got to learn to reel it in. You got to. Put, put fences up and be like, okay, let's try to keep it simple because Southland, Southland Tales especially is just fucking got way too much shit in it. He's just trying to create an entire other universe and then set us a, a bunch of stories in it that, uh, that we have to learn the rules of the universe to oh. understand. And then he's mashing it with other universes. And it's like, bro, step back. Calm down. I appreciate the fact that this all makes some kind of sense in your head and you have like a proper law and logic for these things, mm. but it's it does not it makes shit less fun to engage with. That's very sounds very fun for you to do in your own head, but it makes the movie worse to watch.
0: Mm, mm. Um, before 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 we jump on to Southland Tales, I just I, I, a, I just want to ask because you seem to be really positive with this. Uh, is there anything about Donnie Darko you didn't like?
1: Um, uh, just like a few little things here and there, but then like, I mean, when he pulls out the the philosophy of time travel book, it was like weird, and I laughed i so I'm like, what, he just has that book. And then the more I thought about it and the more I like read into the, the details of the shit, I was like, that makes sense. And you know, that was, and that's fine. And I, I guess there are things like that, that happen throughout that are, but they're just strange. And so they can kind of blend in nicely with the rest of the strange stuff that I like. Cause like you said, every character is acting slightly off so when they do things like that even if it's bad writing you can put it down to that that's just the tone of things everyone's mm. acting everyone's acting a bit weird
0: mm, mm. um there was there was one other thing that was added in the director's cut that th- like threw me for a fucking loop and I, d- I don't understand why it was in there and what he was trying to do mm. but um so there's a scene where the where the his psychologist puts him in a trance and like fucking walks him through like having this really crazy episode with is it Frank? Frank's the fucking rabbit, right? Yeah. Um, and then you know she she seems I don't I don't know if you agree but she seems really compassionate and that she's looking after him and uh all these things during this fucking thing would you agree? She seems like she's trying to help him.
1: The psychologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And then and then all of a sudden she fucking turns her back to him and says, don't stop taking your meds. They're placebos anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? Like, that wasn't in the original film. What the fuck is this shit? Why is that in there? What is that? What is is that? Like, what is that helping with? Like, especially if if you're, if you're, uh, this is him doing the opposite to what you're saying. Because if you're, if you're saying that, He's trying to make it completely literal and and one of the reasons he thinks it's cool is because people want to watch a time travel film mm-hmm. um, Then why do you at the, at, the, at the last minute at the at the final stretch insert a point where he might be crazy and having a schizophrenic episode because he's not on his meds. Why is that in there? Did't that, did, did that not confuse you at all?
1: Uh, well, look, the whole movie confused me, but that's, that goes into that thing that like, so my thinking about that is they weren't placebos. They were real meds, but in order for him to do the things that he has to do in this universe, he does need to be off his medication so that he can function clearly um,
0: right, so she was just telling him that because she knows he needs to save the world.
1: Yeah, because they're all these, like the manipulated living uh, act in subconscious ways where they subconsciously are trying to help the, whatever the fuck his role is, is called. But again, then we start going into the very literal science fiction story, which destroys the mystery, which... I would argue is the most appealing thing about the movie.
0: I like, I, I, the the thing that appeals to me is the fusion of both. You know, there are some, there are some Lynch films that are off the wall cuckoo Mm. and they're so off the wall cuckoo that I can't get too invested. Mm. But this seems to be a, I don't know, like a, a mix. Like, you know, you've got, you've still got your standard story. Mm. And, and you've got your you've got a bit of sci-fi so that's kind of keep, keeping you going oh what's this oh, what's happening here mm. uh, and then and then of course you've got all the psycho crazy weird shit. Mm. anyway, I, I think I think I've run out of things to talk about this Well
1: film. yeah, I just wanted to say yeah because I think like uh, even though I enjoyed the director's cut more than you, clearly, uh, I understand where you're coming from because I think it does sound like with the initial theatric cut, he had the opportunity for both these things to exist simultaneously. Something mm. that is just completely shrouded in mystery. But if you really think about it and you want to pay attention to it, there's a very literal story there.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> but That's interesting.
1: My thinking is that because of the director's cut and him forcing all this more uh, literal explanations in there was that I don't think he was aiming for that on purpose he hit a very sweet
0: balance but he just got lucky doing it that's why i think he's a hack he's an incredibly insecure human being that got lucky because so this is one of those rare instances where studio interference may have made a film good um you know pulled the reins in a little bit Mm. um and he's and and he probably resents that because because he, he this guy resents it because he's an idiot, right? He's stupid. He's been told he's he's a stupid average guy from the midwest. He's pro I don't know, he's probably not from the midwest. And then what happens is a bunch of suits take his movie, fucking change it, and then it's successful. It's 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 it's, it's not successful initially, but of course it gets a cult following and a bunch of people adore this film. Of course that's going to fucking rub him the wrong way, right? And that he needs... He needs to, because of his narcissistic nature... Or whatever you call it... His fucking super ego... Mm. Has been incredibly scarred by this... I've been thinking about this a lot... So he has to... Rectify it... By making the film... And being... uh, Being lauded... And... uh, You know... uh, Being loved for the film that he intended to make... Mm. Which is some... By the numbers... Pretty, pretty logic-based, step by step, time travel film. Not this weird, kooky, bizarre film where you kind of, n- you know, what's happening because the plot isn't that difficult. But there's all these other layers, and there's all this sense of foreboding. That's not what he wanted. Yeah, so- I
1: did. I did get the impression that if he had um, a much bigger budget. And didn't have anything around to stop him. That the film would be like four hours long, and it would have all sorts of other shit in there, and, the and these long explanations and stuff. It's like it, it, it's, it's so small. I mean, he doesn't have an opportunity to show off a lot of effects. Um, so he has to work with with what he's got, which means it's very. Um, simplistic and you don't have a lot of opportunity to show off much science fiction things, but that that's on account of it costing like a, a million dollars to make. And mm. that's why I think it was it's kind of accidentally genius. Mm. But I have the opposite thing is when I, <laughs> I, I, I imagine it as a much more, um, innocent, like naive director's cut of, Him being like, oh, everyone sure did love my science fiction movie. Well, they're going to love this even more because now I get to put the actual explanations of my philosophy of time travel in there. And it's like, no, nerd, stop. No one liked it for that reason.
0: Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. You know, like, I think it's the the, the results the same. But I think, yeah, you're right. I think the intent kind of might change it a little bit. I think... I I believe my perspective is just simply because of the film that he made next transition. <laughs> um, uh, do you, yeah. Do you have anything else? because I think we're we're more unpacking Richard Kelly, which we can with the next film as well, mm. rather than talking about Donnie Darko. Uh, are you cool if we move on to uh, Southland Tales?
1: Yeah, yeah. Donnie Darko, um, good film, weird guy. So let's talk about talk about Southland Tales.
0: So, Dane. Uh, you you had it you had a it seems like you had a hard enough time explaining the plot to uh, Donnie Darko. Um, well, now you're gonna have to now you're gonna have to really try hard because we're now talking about Southland Tales. Yeah, his his 2006 follow-up. This comes within a year of him murdering his last film. So, uh, yeah, uh, what's the uh, what's the What's the pot of, um, Southland Tales?
1: Oh, f- fuck. The- the- this is hard. <laughs> this is really hard. No, it's, it's, it's impossible. Like, I mean, I've read, um, I think like, uh, I don't usually read up on the movies we watch, but I was so interested in this dude. And a lot of this stuff I've, like Donnie Darko, I went on like the, the wiki and I, and there was an interview and, and the Wikipedia and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. All right, I think I get it. Um, Southland Tales, though, I've just been anything I could get my hands on. Because this is one of the weirdest did you, movies. Did you read the comics? No, I didn't read the fucking comics. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, like, interviews and, um, fan forums and stuff like that. But, so, basically, the film is set at an alternate history of a future, um it well it's 2008 the movie's set in 2008 in an the future alter, yeah which was the future <laughs> in 2005 <laughs> whenever this came out um there's uh sections of america were nuked and then the government took over heaps heaps of control government talk corporations just took over mad control and world war three started the internet's been censored uh brand sponsor the army now um and the story is basically revolves around um three characters uh who one played by dwayne the rock johnson uh who plays an actor who has been who has time traveled or something. Anyway, he gets lost in the desert and it turns out he's time traveled and there's two of him, but one of them died. Uh, there's Sean William Scott's character who he plays two guys who they're presented as brothers, but it turns out they're the same guy because he also went into the desert and did a time travel thing. (laughs) Um, and Sarah Michelle Gellar plays a psychic porn star who together with Dwayne Johnson, they're writing a script based on her visions. And it turns out to be accurately predicting the events of the film. And then they, then, then just like a bunch of stuff happens that, that, that doesn't really, it's not a story. It's like a series of Vignettes that, um, take place in this, this world. I don't think there's a story. I, I I really think that that's true. Or if it is a story, it's like listening to someone who's really bad at telling stories and they take 40 minutes to tell a story that should take five minutes to tell and, and they tell it really badly and you're like, wait, 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 hold up. Who's this person? What are you talking about? I don't know. Oh, I thought, who's that? I don't, I don't understand.
0: You're clearly not as smart as Richard Kelly.
1: It's the most. It's very frustrating to sit through.
0: Seeing, seeing as you're, um, uh, seeing as you're like a really big fan of, um, of Richard Kelly, um, (laughs) (laughs) you're like his biggest fan. uh, (laughs) Um, what would you? Yeah, how would you? Do you think any of this film works?
1: Um. No, I don't. Like I don't think it functions. The only the only credit I can give is that um an awful lot of effort went into it. It's 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 very um it's very creative. I mean he 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 tries too hard. Yeah. Um this is a try hard movie, this is a pretentious movie, this is him trying to do everything all at once Um, but you know, that, that's okay sometimes because it's, it, you know, it it was just nice to see someone trying because I, usually when we watch a bad movie, my major criticism is that they are lazy and they're not trying at all. And so this guy's trying too hard and that's why it sucks. But I have to sort of be like, well, you know, he's trying. I can see he he puts
0: effort into, into I can this. I, I just I, I just kept getting images right so like again um both of us work in in film and with actors and such and there are times where you have to sometimes explain something to an actor for them to kind of understand what the scene is and all these things hmm. I can just I can just I can just see him his his little average pudgy face just <laughs> staring up at this fucking 64 rock the rock the fucking you know, fucking eight time world champion, the rock yeah, and try and explaining a scene to the rock and the rock just nodding being like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And not getting it at all.
1: Yeah. No him. Yeah. Using terms like quantum engineering. Yeah. Johnson.
0: And, and you know, like, again, I don't think, I think the rock is relatively intelligent. He's somehow carved himself a pretty successful career and is making a lot of money. So I don't think he's stupid, but, I don't think he um, really cares about um, fucking gobbledygook, you know, like, yeah. like fucking esoteric pseudoscience bullshit. Um, I don't think The Rock is that kind of intelligent. Um, I, I fucking loathed this film. I, I honestly... I couldn't even give him credit for um, trying something because... Honest to goodness, sometimes you need to look in a fucking mirror, mm. and and realize that um, that you know, like, who is this for? Who is this film for?
1: Yeah, I don't think he thinks about th- that. I think it's just like, uh, again, this is why I give it some credit because I think he's just trying to make something weird. Like he's, he's just trying to come up with a really complicated, crazy universe, uh, which he did, but it's not fun to watch. It's not, it's not particularly entertaining. Some of it's entertaining in a way, but I think just because of the sheer bizarreness of it,
0: I don't know, I, I found the jokes, because Donnie Darko has some pretty funny moments, am I right? Like, it can be, it, it made me laugh at times. Yeah, it has, then, Donnie
1: Darko has a very dry wit to it.
0: And this film, like, the, you know, like, the opening of it, like, it just it just starts with a bunch of screens, and, like, you're not really given context as to where you are and what's going, like, you're, you're, you're told these things, but you don't see it. Yeah. And, and, and like that, that to me was incredibly infuriating because I want to just, I want to, I give me, give me some, cause I know he's smarter than me. Clearly he's clearly smarter than me. And he, and you know, he needs me to know that because he <laughs> needs me to be on the back foot the whole fucking time. That's what he wants. But with that beginning, it's just, you know, you hear Tim, Justin Timberlake's voice who in the grand scheme of things, so the, the narrator of this film is a pointless character he serves no purpose in this film whatsoever, apart from to sing a killer's song in a dance montage. That's Ish. the only reason he's in. And then he's just sitting. And then the the the, the fucking perspective of the movie seventy percent of the time is from Justin Timberlake sitting on a fucking Gatling gun, looking at the events of the film like an um, like a fucking like a like God from above. Did, did yeah. I, I just didn't get it? Um, I, I well I got it in the sense that I. Like, I I understood that it was shit, you know, and that, 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 that there was nothing else more to get. But, Jesus, like, the... Why... I, I realized after watching the director's cut, I'm like, oh, okay, I wonder wonder what, you know... So, like, I, I watched this when it came out. I, I'm, I'm fucking rambling now because I'm just really upset. But <laughs> um, but he, he puts a bunch of shit... On the screen, like, and I don't mean, like, the movie. I mean, like, on top of the film, he puts a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. like, fucking over layers and, like... That... It made me want to vomit, you know? Like, I wanted to vomit because I'm, like, trying to watch a film... You know, like, with J.J. Abrams and Lens Flares? Yeah. It's like that, but just fucking really tacky, computer-generated layers of shit.
1: Yeah. You know what I found really strange... Wow. Is that this? This film had a budget something like seventeen times more than Donnie Darko, and yeah. it looks cheaper. Yeah, it looks cheap. I think he's, but he's trying to make uh, an incredibly huge film. Mm. Uh, mm. Like it feels like it's, it has a a lot of scale. But then, because the budget is so low, that scale looks minimized, and that they kind of live in this ghost world. Like a lot of times, scenes feel very empty. They feel vague. They don't go anywhere. They he serve no he purpose. He didn't have
0: enough of a budget. This is he did not have enough of a budget mm. for the kind of film he was trying to make. Mm. This is a this is a thirty forty million dollar film. Let's yeah. swap the budgets between this and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Shit. <laughs> Extremely loud and incredibly shit should have had seventeen million. Yeah. And and this should have had forty. Yeah. Even then but the sad thing is, I don't think it would have made any more money if it had more of a budget. I think it still would have um like this movie. Do you know how much movie this mu- money this movie fucking made?
1: Yeah, like three hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, it
0: lost it lost over. Like the thing is, with with budgets, you've got to remember too that you add a third of the budget for marketing as well. Yeah. So what's a third of seventeen fucking like six or something five? I don't know. Uh, so overall, I think this movie cost about twenty three million dollars to make. So it lost so much fucking money. It's, it's yeah, not funny. Hence but,
1: him not working anymore.
0: Well, the thing is, he got another... Because I was looking at the timelines, right? And three years after this, he did make another film. So I, it seems that there was consistency in how long it took him to make a film. So I don't think this was the final straw. I think the next one that we're not going to talk about was the final straw. Um, and he hasn't made a movie in 10 years since then. But I really love Philip K. Dick um i don't fucking suck his dick like this guy does you know this like he he's what what Philip K Dick as an author does is he presents a slightly in the future dystopian society where people are dependent on drugs mm. and our uh, perception is warped so you've got you get this mix of extreme paranoia with uh sci-fi elements and a bit of philosophy as well he basically took Everything that could go wrong from those ingredients and made this, Mm. you know, um, he completely missed the point. Sorry, I'm kind of ranting right now. But I mean,
1: like even his reasons for why perception is warped in the future is as complicated as it could possibly be where it's like people's perceptions are warped because, um, they've made a new energy source in a perpetual motion machine that functions out of the ocean because america can't get oil from the middle east anymore so they had to come up with this machine but due to the quantum entangling process it's slowing down the earth's rotation which is affecting the chemicals in people's brains and opening And and tearing holes in the space-time. And all that shit, and he really makes an effort to explain that that's what's happening because there's no other reason I would remember except the characters literally say it. It went in
0: one ear and out the other for me. Yeah, and I was like, oh,
1: okay. Oh, and that's why perception is warped here. And
0: then there was something about fucking monkeys. Like, what the fuck? What was that?
1: Oh, well, I don't know. Hey, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I fell asleep for throughout a bunch of it. Was, oh, really? Yeah, put put me to sleep, and this I this is
0: our this is our professional. Yeah, podcast. and I didn't
1: I didn't rewatch it. I was like, fuck that. I'm not watching <laughs> yeah, that no. again.
0: No, it's fucking. Because that's uh, my it's...
1: review. It's like, yeah, I didn't get to see it, or I did my best, but I couldn't stay awake because it's so boring. It fucks with your brain. It's
0: it's it's. I signed out like that. There's a moment I signed out. It's when John Lovett's character shows up. Mm. Um, and just out of nowhere, we were you awake during this bit. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like this random cop. That's just, I don't understand why he's in the film.
1: Mm.
0: And then he's just like, he, he like follows that. The main characters are going to this set up murder of a, of an interracial couple to fuck with Dwayne Johnson's character. And then he fuck it. the cop pulls out a gun and then just says, flow my tears. And then shoots the two people. Mm-hmm. And flow my tears, the policeman said, is, is, is a Philip K. Dick novel. And I'm just like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. Like fucking come up with your own shit. Why you're, you're resorting to this really on the nose quote from a fucking book. Like just fucking the yeah. the thing is I think I think I think I think he should be a novelist. I think this I think Richard Kelly should write books.
1: Um, yeah, 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 probably.
0: I don't think he should make movies. I think this. Well, he's I, not, so don't
1: worry, he's not, yeah, making, he's not any making any more making movies.
0: Films. <laughs> oh, he's not, but I think he should have. I think this could have been a book,
1: yeah.
0: and I think this could have found an audience with a book. Yeah. Um, the thing is with with, uh, with sci-fi because i read a bit of sci-fi when something doesn't make sense you have the ability to go back and read it again mm. you know you, you read this paragraph and i think everyone has it with a book you read a paragraph and you're like wait what and then you go back and you have the luxury of being able to ingest it in your own time yeah. and that helps you build a perception of what this thing is mm. with a film you've got you've got 2 hours um around 2 hours where you definitely know that you should have an audience. That isn't always the case, especially in this film, seeing as you fell asleep. So that isn't, that isn't always the case, mm. but you've only got a certain amount. You've got only got a certain window where you can get all these things across and where people are going to be... where you know they're going to be thinking about the film. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: It was like somebody trying to cram uh, like 12 episodes of a series into one film.
0: Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's a, it it works. It could have been a book, you know, um, the, 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 the nature of it, the dialogue, the, the, the the, the dialogue was so not real. Like no one spoke Mm. in this, no one in this movie sounded like a real person. And, and, and I I find, and sometimes that happens with books like that, you know, that there are some, there are some books where the, where the, where the dialogue sounds super realistic. Uh, and then there are other ones where it doesn't, but you kind of, you can, you can kind of interpret it and play with it in your brain because it's, it's your, your, you can add your own voice to it, you know? Mm. But when, when you apply that to Sean Williams, Scott, fucking Stifler, Mm. it doesn't really work, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because there's there is a um, for for fans of it, the dialogue is um, a huge draw to them. If you go into the IMDb, there's just a huge quote section quoting all these characters like the strange lines that they throw out there.
0: Do you wanna do you wanna fuck or watch TV? That's uh, just one of them that I yeah. remembered from the film. But the thing
1: is, is that. Um, Dialogue like that can be quite good in written form yep. because your brain can can put the necessary emphasis on it. It's it's it just sounds it it's just different when you're reading it. But then when you have an actor who is clearly second guessing their choices while they're trying to deliver this strange dialogue, like everyone in this movie just looked uncomfortable with, with speaking these lines. And, yeah, because and he I, didn't.
0: He he clearly couldn't direct them or give them the information they needed to understand. His answers were probably so over the top, wank. Yeah, and I and, think and that, that just made them more uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and I reckon for sure that there was an awful lot of like, oh, okay, well, hey, this is the guy who did Donnie Darko. I bet nobody got that at the time, but look how that turned out. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: know.
1: Be like, okay, well, you know, maybe he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, and I I don't think he did. I think he was too in love with his own idea that he didn't stop to think about how he could actually make it fit into a film format. He just created these concepts in his head and created this world in his head and then tried to tell a story in the shape of a film, but it's like, it like good try, you know, good try. You, 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 it, it is a kind of genuinely interesting universe that he's created. And I think that's why it has a fan base still. Um, but the way it's told is maddening. It it was like, try watching somebody dance, uh, out of time, and you just have to sit there and watch them do it for two and a half hours.
0: <laughs> they're a really good dancer, but their the timings off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, Jesus. That's that, that that's what a it f- f- that's what it felt like, or or somebody playing, you know, uh, like a band playing out of tune, uh, out of time with one another. You know, that's that's how it felt. The pacing is is really off. Uh, the the, the story has has no real plot beats, and and I know it's. You know, you can give it credit and say, "Oh, it's it's non traditional," but mm. like there there are certain ways to tell a story, and they're set up in certain uh, set up in a certain fashion because that's what appeals to our human brains. It's like he's trying to make a movie for fucking aliens or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, it's I don't know like. Uh, I can just imagine, you know, you said this has like a, 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 could you consider this a cult following that this film has? Yeah. Um, I just, I can just imagine a bunch of just his face. Just like everyone that likes this film is just like clones of him because he's found his own technology and just cloned a bunch of people, and there's just a group of Richard Kelly's getting out there writing reviews, being like, oh, "I love this film, dude. I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm smart." You know, fuck. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I this is this is this film was genuinely upsetting just because um, he's trying. Uh, the thing is, what he's trying to do is 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 not working. It's also not that smart. It's not it's he thinks he's so clever. Like I just don't I just don't understand how he how he thought how he goes from Donnie Darko to this. Actually I do because there's a real clear step in this direction and that's the fucking Donnie Darko director's cut. Um No, yeah, well I think
1: that Donnie Darko was um a lot of luck. It's, it's the same thing with um, like Kevin Smith, who mm. I, I spent too long defending because I was like, no, but Clark's, right? That, that shit's good. Mm. And it's like, no, Kevin Smith doesn't understand why that movie works. He, mm. he, 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 it was an accident. Mm. And I think that um, Richard Kelly's a bit the same in that it's an accident. He he accidentally made a, a really good movie and the, the parts about it that that work were not what he was anticipating people would actually enjoy. And with Southland Tales you see like far less of that um, ambiguity and and a lot more of him trying to literally explain what's happening. And, and, and try to get you to fully logically understand everything about this it's universe the,
0: it's the opposite kind of confusion where Donnie Darko kind of gives you this you know this atmospheric thing and you're like oh that's kind of confusing but you you know like yeah. it's, it's made well enough that you kind of you kind of let it overtake you yeah
1: it has an exciting ambiguity in the mystery
0: this is that this is confusing because it's stupid.
1: It's ambiguous because I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, like, I don't even know who the fucking characters are. I'm like, wait, who's this person? Why is he talking to her like she's important? This is the first time we've seen her. And I go onto the fan page. It's like, um, well, if you read the prequel comics or... Well, you know, if you read the article that was an interview with Richard Kelly, you'd understand that he explained who she is. I shouldn't
0: have to read the fucking comic books to understand what Vilma. I I should go to the cinema and see a movie. You know, I shouldn't have to read fucking comic books.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can take. um, I mean, he showed he could. Like, that you can do it in Donnie Darko. Um, Mm. That I actually think it's admirable to create um, a very literal world and present it in in an ambiguous way and that creates an an air of mystery around it and I think that's what he did with Donnie Darko against his own will but it worked Mm. you know and here's where I think that you're right and then he was too proud to admit that what worked was it. It worked in a way that he didn't want it to, and now we get to see Southland Tales. And he
0: resents that. He resented that.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he wanted to be right the first time, mm. and I'd be like, "Oh, this is actually a, an interesting way you could do it."
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to watch the box, which is his first fi- third film, just to kind of um, yeah see where this where this story ends, I guess.
1: I suspect that that'll be a bit simpler because, um, that's based on someone else's story. Yeah. And sounds like a pretty simple one, but you know, he'll probably find a way to fuck it up and overcomplicate
0: <laughs> Like, um, if I remember it's based on a fucking twilight zone segment and those things are like 15 minutes, aren't they? Yeah. So he's turned a 15 minute sh- short into a two hour film.
1: Yeah, and the the box reeks of um, director for hire to me.
0: Mm, mm. Well, he's probably it's probably the only thing he could fucking get. Yeah. You know. Um. That's yeah. That's. It's kind of kind of sad, but he. I, I honestly, I think the only person he can blame is himself. Um. You know, you get you get the keys to the kingdom, and you and you make Southland Tales. Um. Yeah, that's gonna really fuck your career, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah. Just take
0: your time, work, make your sophomore. Your, everyone's sophomore effort, whether it be a book, whether it be a film, whether it be fucking an album. That's always the make or break moment with careers, you know, because some something miraculous can happen the first time, and it's and it's trying to replicate that that can be hard. Um, and yeah, he fucked it up. He fucked it hard, you know, like really hard. He, he didn't know what he was doing and he, he just made this really, oh, do you know what's, I feel like, uh, uh, uh just quickly, if, um, if there are any, if anyone finds this because they're a fan of Southland Tales, um, email us at Productions at gmail.com. Giving your uh, understanding and interpretation of this movie, because that would be greatly appreciated. Um, we'll give it a read, because I want to know. I want to know more. <laughs>
1: the plot, uh, the plot of the film is uh, is hotly debated amongst the fan base.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Because there's a Jesus thing in here too. Like at one point, fucking the Rock. Like, bleeds a fucking picture of Jesus. <laughs> like, what's that? What the fuck was that? That was out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think, like, I could spend an hour or two just talking about each individual scene and why they suck. Yeah. But, but like, <laughs> but, but I don't think we have the time for that. So, honestly, we've barely talked about what happens. Have you noticed that we haven't talked about that at all? Yeah, because it's not worth our time.
1: Yeah, because it's like you can't you can't really talk about it because mm. it just it uh, it it just it's just like a succession of of shit of of just nothing happening. Um, it sort of just seems like he's 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 made a film in his head only had the time frame and budget to shoot a quarter of it mm. and then and then put it all out of order, combined with the fact that every actor is clearly confused, I think he's kind of crazy. Like, he lives in a very weird, obtuse place in his head where these things, like, kind of makes sense to him in a, in a, in a sort of spiritual way. So he's just fucking, it's, it's thinks in these abstract thoughts and writes this abstract dialogue. And then the actors are like, right, but that doesn't make sense. And then he rambles at them. And then to get him to stop doing that, the rock just says, Oh, okay. Yeah, man, no worries. And then he acts the scene out poorly. And, uh, and then, and then this is what you get. And because he didn't have a bigger budget and he's trying to make a futuristic looking world, it looks cheap and it looks shitty. So it's, it's a fucking strange ass movie that I suggest every single person watch. <laughs>
0: Cause if you, if you're a student of cinema, I, yeah, I highly recommend this as a film. Yeah. Cause just it is to, pretty to, unique. It's, it's, it's a film of like, it's a, it's a, it's a lesson. You know, it's the kind of thing they should show this at film school Mm. as to not how to how to not be up your own butthole.
1: Yeah. And especially if you think that you have a really good idea and, you know, because I could imagine, um, you know, him sitting down and being like, "Okay, yeah, so I got I got this idea for this movie. Um, It's set in this universe where this and this and this and I, I would probably be like entertained by that for a bit i would be like yeah it sounds cool man um uh, i hope you get i hope you get to make that shit we need more shit like that in the world honestly um but without the ability to edit yourself yep and um work with what you've got you kind of just come out with with this um mess that's honestly like a little bit embarrassing uh
0: I think I, I, I this is to, this is just a hypothesis and just a, like a, a, guess from me. But I, I I know I've heard a lot that when you have a a, a hit, um, like he did with the uh, like later on with the with Donnie Darko, you tend to get offered a bunch of director for hire jobs. Mm. I, I would love to know what films he was offered and which films he turned down to make Southland Tales. <laughs> you know, I want to know what, like, you know, like Bella Lugosi being like, I was offered Frankenstein, you know, like yeah, fucking. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know. Was he gonna direct? Um, I don't know. Fucking, some awesome sci-fi film. I don't know. Equilibrium or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, I yeah, I think I think we should wrap this up now. I I, I I'm just I'm getting a headache. I need to go and take some neurofin or something from talking about <laughs> this film. Um what fart ratings would you give these two movies, Dane?
1: Uh nine farts for Donnie Darko.
0: Nine farts? Nine yep. farts
1: for Donnie Darko and uh four farts for Southland Tales.
0: Four farts? Yeah. Oh wow. Well I wow. can enjoy
1: it I can I can appreciate it in a very um cynical way, I guess. Right. It's like, hey, this is terrible, but at least it's uniquely bad.
0: Mm, I, again, I, watching it, all I just saw was him trying to be Philip K. Dick. So to me, it wasn't even that original, to be honest. Um, for me, I give the director's cut of Johnny Darko four stars. Um, four farts, sorry, not stars. Jesus Christ, Joe, get it right. Farts.
1: Nice branding, Joe.
0: Yeah, four. I give four farts to the director's cut of Donnie Darko. I give the original cut seven farts. Yeah. Um, and Southland Tales, I give one and a half farts. <laughs> just because it doesn't. Deserve Why the any... half? Why the half? But because because I like the rock. You know. Yeah, uh, I, I, he's alright. you know, he's not the best actor, but I he's smart enough to know. The, uh, apart from this film, where he's playing, I don't know what he's playing in this film. Like. I don't. He doesn't know. He has no Richard idea. Ke- only, the only person that will ever know is Richard Kelly, yeah. um, and and the people that think they know are debating with someone online who thinks something else. Um, I don't know. The Rock. The Rock um, tends to know what kind of films he he fits in mm. and he plays those roles. Well, um, these were
1: like uh, this was uh, early days when this uh, is, the this posters is, still said. Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
0: Yeah, so this um this was in the era just because I'm a bit of a, a wrestling mark. Uh, until two thousand and nine, um, WWE still had input on him getting roles. Mm. So I wonder if I wonder if WWE helped him get this film.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I hope not. Um, but anyway, yeah, one and a half farts because I like the Rock.
1: Wasn't it uh, weird to see the Rock? Uh, like how he looks skinny in this movie.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I think it's really bizarre that he got bigger when he left wrestling. Like he, 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 he was not, he was, he's always been a solid unit, but like he got bigger when he quit wrestling. That doesn't make sense. Should no, he's a big dude,
1: but yeah, you, you look at him, um, in this movie and his earlier movies And he looks And his wrestling career.
0: He was not big during wrestling. He was about this size.
1: Which is still a very big dude, but he looks small compared to the fucking strange tank he is now.
0: I don't... Yeah, I just... I'd love to know why. Like, maybe he, like, read some, um... Read some fucking, um... What are they called? Do you know the scorecard test screening cards? And they're like, isn't he a wrestler? Shouldn't he be bigger? And then he's like, okay then. And then just got fucking jacked to the shit.
1: Yeah. He's the most uh, jacked man on the planet.
0: He's pretty jacked. So big. Um, he's so big. Um, uh, so I'm, I think I have to suggest uh, what we watch um, next week. Um, it's, it's coming up to the Christmas season so um, I'm thinking we watched uh i i do some math and we watch some diehard films
1: oh cool, cool, cool,
0: yeah, so um, well,
1: I already know what we're gonna be watching,
0: yeah, uh who knows i don't know, i think die uh die hard one and maybe die hard five yeah, I one
1: think. and five for sure yeah,
0: i'll still I'll still do the math <laughs> um but you know i it's gonna i think it's gonna be pretty simple which ones we're watching, yeah. Um, that's kind anyway, of a safe
1: bet like I the, the only reason I picked Richard Kelly is I wanted to pick someone who only made two films
0: and then you realized he made three yeah
1: <laughs> but I knew it was I knew it was going to be um, Southland Tales and Donnie Darko uh,
0: anyway uh, this has been the Movie Butts podcast uh, thank you for listening thank you